Good morning. Morning. A grace, a grace gift. That's the title of this one today. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us. Ephesians 1, 7 and 8. There are many people who believe God has the power to heal. But like the man with leprosy in yesterday's reading, they, brought a, they doubt that God was willing to use his power to heal them. But you have every... But if, if you've ever entertained such doubt uh, about his willing to heal you, may it forever be settled in your heart as you read Jesus, hear Jesus say to you, I am willing, be cleansed, be healed. Your sins and shortcomings do not repulse Jesus. In the contrary, the very thing you believe disqualifying you qualifies you for his saving grace. As you worship him and look away from your disqualifications, let him touch you and make you clean. Healing is a grace gift. You cannot earn healing by your own works, and neither can you, uh, your shortcoming cause you to be disqualified from receiving it. Just think about every person whom Jesus healed, of the great multitude that were healed. Don't you think there were some uh, were people who had sinned and failed in their lives? Did any of those whom Jesus healed have to do anything to earn? Qualified for their healing first? Beloved, stop disqualifying disqualifying yourself. No matter how you think you are, think you have failed, no matter how dirty or unclean you think you are, God loves you. Just as he he cleansed the man with leprosy and healed the woman with the issue of blood, he can heal you. And he is most willing. Under the law, you would be disqualified. But God came to fulfill every job and every tittle of the law, Matthew 5, 17 and 18, so that today we can freely receive the good that we do not deserve. Our Lord Jesus bore our sins as well as well as our sickness on the cross. When God looks at you, He doesn't see your sin and failures. If you have accepted Jesus into your heart, you are a new creation in Christ. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Come boldly and receive help from God for every need. Hebrews 4, 16. I pray that today you have heard about a Jesus who freely releases blessing, provision, and healing with a lavish hand that does not hold back. I pray that you have seen a Jesus who demonstrates his willingness to take your sickness and uncleanness and give you his divine health and righteousness in exchange 
today's thought, you don't need to uh, earn God's love. In Christ, you are already his beloved. All that he has already had, all, all that he has is already yours. He is not asking you to serve him so you can earn his blessings. All that he has, he has already freely and unconditionally given to you. Come to the Father. Come with all your failings, with all your brokenness, with all your inadequacies. Come as you are and receive from him all that you need. Today's prayer, Daddy Lord, our Daddy God, thank you that I don't have to be qualified or earn your gracious gift of healing. Thank you that you love me and care for me. Thank you for Jesus who took all my sins and failures and qualified me for all your blessings. I receive from your lavished hands the provision of healing that I need. Amen. Amen. Let's take the cracker. Just thank you for this cracker, which represents the body of Jesus broken for us. Jesus, we thank you that you were obedient to the death of the cross. You, for the joy set before you, endured. So we honor the work of the cross, the finished work. And we take this cracker and we say yes and amen to everything that you've provided for us. In Jesus' name. jump right into it. I have a three-hour sermon and I don't want to keep it too long. I was going to pray for one more thing. Jacob's decided he's a Calgary Flame fan. Oh, no. I just don't know where we went wrong. <laughs> but you know, God has grace for that. Jacob's 
slain for his fright. For Jesus. I, uh, last week, Steve was here. And he, he was a previous pastor to, to Sue and I. And uh, he's been a f- my friend, oh my goodness, since we were 17 or 18. And uh, there, there's just something God does in him. So thankful for it. Because God, when God does something for him, he does it for us. We're, we're, I was absolutely blessed by what he shared. And it was, about, it was about the Holy Spirit and that it is so important that we develop that relationship. And that we know God and we know Jesus and sometimes there's some, there's some uh, things that people can't quite handle with the Holy Spirit. But he is in that trinity. He is equal measure in that trinity. And just to hear him share about that, I wanted to, I went, went and Googled, and I, I looked up the Welsh Revival. Mm-hmm. And if, if you do that, just put in the Welsh Re- Revival and a little ways down it says, 10 things to know. And I read them over and over and over again. And it was just absolutely amazing. They sang almost every day for a year until three in the morning. And it, and it wasn't, it said there that it wasn't the preaching that was important. It was the praying and the praise. Praying and praise. And one of the comments by one of the pastors was, they sang like they meant what they were singing. Doesn't happen all the time. But it is important that we mean what we say. Intercessory prayer is a part of it. The, the jet, one of the leaders was Evan, Evan Roberts. He worked in the coal mine. Uh, coal mines. That's, that, that was the major industry. And he uh, was 13 when he started praying for revival to come. It happened when he was 26. Long, a long time. And some of the, the, the one of the commentators said, the place where he was at, where, where it broke out, there were, uh, the minister was asking for testimonies. And nobody said anything. Everyone was quiet. And I think, the, I don't know how old the young girl was, but she wasn't very young. She says, I love Jesus with all my heart. And he said that it was like an electric shock went through the church. Uh, I think 100,000 people were saved in, in, the, in the year that it lasted. Another revival broke out in, in California, I believe, because of that revival. 
um, the the horses. This this was this was interesting. The horses who drove the coal carts were were. Well, I think the word he used was discombobulated because they weren't being sworn at anymore. They weren't being whipped as much anymore. The pubs all closed because no one was going to drink. <laughs> Amazing. It, it just, it, 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 um, it ignited again something in me. I mean, the, the praise and worship today, my goodness. It was, it was, if, if you, if you didn't sense God, he was really close. Oh, just, uh, just incredible things. One of the, one of the uh, pastors was asked by someone, well, if I go back to my church, what, what, what shall I, how, how do I bring this with me? And he, he says, do you know how to sing? Do you know how to sing? It is, our praise and our worship is so much part because it's, it's our communion with our Lord and Savior. He hears us and he smiles and he's excited and the angels start to sing with us. Just, it just, just, was, just was amazing, amazing stuff to read. One of the lines was, earnest, agonizing prayer coupled with heartbroken humility. Yeah, one of the comments was, fire falls where it is likely to catch and spread. What is, what is your tinder like? What is your, what is your tinder like? What is your kindling like? Is it ready to be ignited? Yeah, I used to get a, a book called Last Day's Newsletter from, and it was Keith Green an incredible gospel singer. And uh, one of the books was Tilling the Fallow Ground. What is your ground like? Is it ready to take those seeds? Is it, is it ready to have those seeds burst, burst forth? Singing was more prevalent than pre preaching. One of the pastors said, it's time to respond. Time to respond. We don't need a lot of preaching anymore. We need to respond. 100,000 people were saved. Pray and praise, it said. Now, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you respond in different situations? Like, I go to see my mother at uh, Riverside all the time. And you know, we, what does it mean to hear from the Holy Spirit? It is way easier than you think. Because it says he never leaves you. He's always with you. But we need to learn to recognize him. That's why it says, in a still small voice, wants us to be attentive. Wants us to be attentive. He wants us to be listening. I go, I go see my mother at, at uh, Riverside. And... Uh, there's a lady that comes in and prays with my mother. And I happened to be one, there one day, 
and we pray together. I thought, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty neat. But then the Holy Spirit does something. I'm having my afternoon nap. <laughs> and the phone rings. And it's the lady calling me, asking, can you pray for my husband and I? And what shocked her, I said, can, I, can we do it right now on the phone? Oh, how does a speakerphone work? Well, I told her with my incredible technology. You know, you know that I grasp technology. I said, find the SP on the phone for speak. So but we prayed. But it was, it, you know, I got off the phone and I go, oh God, you want us to be ready, ready in season, ready all the time. Be ready to give an account for the hope that lies within you. Our hope. What is our hope? Oh my goodness. Jesus? Jesus? I'm excitement. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> so my daughter used to say when she was little, Dad, I'm just so excited. <laughs> It, it's just, and how, how, we, how we respond. Um, I have a friend, I'll, I'll say it was it's it because I prayed for Glenn, but he's gone back to be uh, with his family and, and to be with his father who's, who's dying. He's going to go to be with Jesus. And he, and he phoned me and he said, Bruce, they're, they're asking me to give last rites. And I thought, cool, cool. Get off of, uh, this was in the, on the answering machine. He, he had this on the answering machine. They want me to do last rites and I, I, need, I need to know how to do that. So we get off the phone, I, I tell my wife, oh, you can't do that? Well, I can certainly do something. <laughs> so I thought about it, I prayed about it, phoned him, and I said, commit him to Jesus. Commit him to God and, and pray for your brothers and sisters and your family. Just touch him. Touch him. Respond. Respond in the Holy Spirit. Because he unctions us. I, I like that word. He unctions us. You know, I'm, I'm uh, going to pick up my daughter at pharmacy. There's a lady walking down the street. I said, oh, hi. How are you doing? Hi. How's your husband? Oh, well, uh, he had a really bad fall. I said, oh. I said, and the unction is right there. So I said, where is he? Well, he's sitting down in the car. I said, which car? And I didn't really want to walk too far. <laughs> didn't want to be a mile away. <laughs> no, walked to the car. And he had a, a sling on. And he, and he showed me a picture on his phone. And it was horrific. He was, he was absolutely perfect from his wrist to his shoulder. And he had broken something. But the miracle was, it all lined up. So he, he, but he was in tremendous pain. I, I couldn't help myself. Put my hands on him, said, God, heal. Heal him. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And he's a Christian. He's a Christian. But, you know, these opportunities, and it's, it's, it's not complicated. I mean, I know Terry, Joe, 
We even have some ladies in the community that don't want to be known, but they give us 50 or 60 meals and, and we give them out. And it's usually Glenn and Terry Joe, but Glenn wasn't there. Terry Joe wanted me to rest. She didn't want me to come and help her. But I know, I know that she walked in the spirit of God and she was doing that. She, she ministers to people when she walks. We have that opportunity. Give it away. We need to give what we have away so God can fill us up again. Be empty and then be filled up again. That's what he wants. I, uh, I kind of, when, when Steve was sharing, I'm going, God, what, you know, this Holy Spirit thing, um, what, what would be a good, good thing to share about in Scripture, about you know, the working of the Holy Spirit? And uh, I just want to just read this. This is in the commentary. It's, it's um, we do not know how the Holy Spirit kept them from going to Bithynia, and it's about Paul and Silas. But it could have been through a warning given by means of a dream or a vision. In any case, it is obvious the Holy Spirit was guiding his missionaries. It was obvious. It was obvious. He is the Lord of the harvest who prepares, imparts, imparts gifts, anoints, and sends out his servants to gather the nations to Jesus Christ. This is, this is good, this part. The book of Acts to best is best understood as the book of activities of the Holy Spirit. The activities of the Holy Spirit. He, here he is designated the Spirit of Jesus. True and lasting fruit in ministry comes to the work and leading of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Um, so, so the scripture that, that he gave me was the one where Paul and Silas were in jail. And, and, and you probably know the scripture. It happens to me more and more. Like I, I've studied the scriptures, but I always see something else. It's always, there's always fruit. It's always fruit. Someone, someone said to me this little sidebar. When, when, you, when you pick fruit, when it's ready, it comes easy off the tree. You don't have to pull and yank it. Just comes easy off the tree. And have you ever seen first fruits? The, the, the original people, Johnny and Norma Meyer, that started this fellowship, and there was four or five of us in a house. His brother was an orchard guy. And he would give Johnny some first fruits each year. There was an apple on the shelf that was as big as one of those little watermelons. I'm going, what is that? Because it looked like an apple. And, and I said, is that, what, is that an apple? He says, yeah, that's first fruit off, off his tree. First fruits. Okay. One day as we were going to the house of prayer, Paul and Silas, we encountered a young slave girl who had an evil spirit of divination and the spirit of Python. She had 
earned great profits for her owners by being fortune teller. She kept following us, shouting, these men are... <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> Evil spirit. These men are servants of the great high God, and they're telling us how to be saved. We're on the Lord's side. Day after day, she continued to do this until Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit indwelling her, I command you in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to come out of her now. At that very moment, the Spirit came out of her. This is what it looks like. This is what it's going to look like. We know. You study scriptures. These aren't the last days. We can see it from here. It's right there. It's right there. Steve said, Steve said it isn't quite yet. And it's because he, he needs to clean up his church. He needs to do a little more work in us. Change some thinking of, of uh, things. Even in the in the Welsh revival, one of the one of the, the lines was that it came because it was they wanted uh, more freedom. Uh, the, the religiosity in the churches, I mean, it, it kind of disappeared with that, with that revival. It's an, amazing, it's an amazing thing to me. And, and, and one of the keys from Evan Roberts was if, if, if he was going to be preaching or sharing and he felt that some of the people came just to see him, he wouldn't even get up and share he didn't want it to be about him. He wanted it to be about Jesus. He wanted it to be about the Lord. That's it. And that, that's the key because a, a, a lot of the rubbles, if not all of them, kind of ended when the, the people got a little too big. And God said, okay, yeah, we'll end this. But what's coming is a good end. Can end in one place for all of us. That's right. Oh, this is where I need my wife. I forgot where I'm at. <laughs> when her owners realized that the potential of making profit had vanished, they forcefully seized Paul and Silas, dragged them off to the city square to face the authorities. When they appeared before the Roman soldiers and magistrates, the slave owners leveled accusations against them, saying, These Jews are troublemakers. They're throwing our city in confusion. They're pushing their Jewish religion down our throats. It's wrong and unlawful for them to promote these Jewish ways, for we are Romans living in a Roman colony. <laughs> Paul and Silas were Romans. And he had an opportunity to say something to them, and they would, they would have been fearful to go against a Roman. But they, they didn't say anything because it's not what the Holy Spirit wanted them to say. A great crowd gathered and all the people joined in to come against them. The Roman officials ordered that Paul and Silas be stripped of their garments and beaten with rods on their bare backs. The title here, it says, Miracles Can Come Out of Painful Places. After they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. 
So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. Their feet bound and chained. Paul and Silas, undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. There were no lights. It was absolutely dark in that prison. And they've been beaten, they're sore, they're bruised, they're bloody, and they're praising Jesus. Praising Jesus. It's the key. It is a key to revival. Praise and worship. Prayer. Oh, God. But they were praising in the pitch dark. Loving Jesus. God, I might be showing just a little bit of trepidation, I think, if I'm in the pitch dark, beaten. In the middle of the night, it sang songs of praise to God while all the other persons, prisoners listened to their worship. Suddenly, a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. All at once, every prison door flung open the chains of all the prisoners. Chains of all the prisoners came loose. Wasn't the key that the jailer had that opened the locks and the doors and the, and the jails? The key, the key was praise. He was praise. Praise God. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad we do that here. We know, we know how to praise God. And, not, and it's not about us. It's not about someone trying to be louder than the other person. It's about, oh God, God, we love you. We want to respond to you. Show me. Show me, God. Show me. That's the, that was the key. That was the key. Suddenly, a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. All at once, every prison door flung open, and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. Startled, the jailer awoke and saw every cell door standing open. Assuming that all the prisoners had escaped, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. When Paul shouted out in the darkness, Stop! Don't hurt yourself! We're all still here! That's how you know it was the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> the chance to run was there. They didn't run. They were full of God, full of the Holy Spirit. And they knew that there was a purpose, that there was a purpose for them. The purpose was coming. This is how I knew it was dark. The jailer called for a light. <laughs> when he saw that they were still in their cells, he rushed in and fell trembling at their feet. Then he led Paul and Silas outside and asked, What must I do to be saved? Didn't a whole lot of preaching hadn't gone on here. Sometimes the the best sharing is with no words. And I think, I think what Steve said last week was, in our humanness, I mean, we, we love God so much and everything, but we want to make it happen. 
We think we can make it happen. And I've said it lots, and, and I still believe it's true. God calls us to plant and to water, but he's the increase. He was the increase right here. What must I do to be saved? They answered, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and all your family. Then they prophesied the word of the Lord over him and all his family. Even though the hour was late, he washed their wounds. The jailer washed their wounds. Touched by God. Then all his family, he and all his family were baptized. He took Paul and Silas into his home and set them at his table and fed them. The jailer and all his family were filled with joy in their newfound faith in God. At daybreak, the magistrate sent offers to the prison with orders to tell the jailer, let those two men go. The jailer informed Paul and Silas, the magistrates have sent orders to release you, so you're free to go now. But Paul told the officers, look, they had us beaten in public without a fair trial, and we are Roman citizens. Do you think we're just going to quietly walk away after they threw us in prison and violated all our rights? Absolutely not. You go back and tell the magistrates that they need to come down here themselves and escort us out. <laughs> when the officers went back and reported what Paul and Silas had told them, the magistrates were frightened, especially upon hearing they had beaten two Roman citizens without due process. So they went to the prison and apologized to Paul Silas, begging them repeatedly, saying, please leave our city. So Paul and Silas left the city and went back to Lydia's house, where they met with the believers and comfort encouraged them before departing. The axe, axe is it's like one revival after another. Many, many people believed because of the work of the Holy Spirit. So, yes. Heavenly Father, just uh, thank you. Thank you for this day. And Lord, <laughs> you hold the key. You hold the key. Father, and just uh, keep, keep drawing all of us closer to you. We can get to get to, to know you so good. Statement once was, I want to get to know you so good so that when I get to heaven, there's no big change. Thank you, Jesus. Bless each one. Uh, what, whatever um, might be troubling anyone, Father, we just, we just ask you to touch them right now. Whether it's a sickness or family problems, but we just we just pray a blessing on on that. Just I just sense that there's there's something like that. And I, I just Lord, we just pray a blessing. Thank you for blessing us today. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's close with a song. <laughs>